A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. Oh, that sounds a bit different from normal, doesn't it? That's because we are recording an exclusive intro for you audio-only people, and then we're going to awkwardly splice in the rest of the show, which we just recorded for ages. As you've probably figured out by now, I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Wrestle Talkers, the Wrestle Talk universe. How are you, Ollie Davis? How did you find the show? I found it pretty long. Uh, we. <laughs> It was a long one. It was, it was a long, long one, yeah, but was there was a lot episode. to talk about. Weirdly, uh, well, it, we turned. It turns out we didn't like. You didn't like a lot of things in particular. No, we got into a bit of a, an argument at one point. I, no, I won't say an argument. A disagreement, perhaps. I feel like I lost. My, I probably filibustered my way uh, into losing that argument, as I often do. You started to bring up WWE's financial situation. Yeah, which was not the right the, way. And it was just a debate over someone's T-shirt. It was very silly. Uh, I, I, in Insta regret, Insta regret was applied there. Insta regret. Yeah, Insta that's that's my new social media service, <laughs> which I only use when I'm drunk Cut angle, and I you, can look at it the next day. Kangaroo used to have it on Twitter a lot. Insta yeah. regret. Remember that? Oh, someone's hacked my Twitter account again. Again, man. Like, just stop having your password <laughs> as one two three four Olympic gold. <laughs> Or maybe you're 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 not telling you're telling fibs. Okay, because this is an audio-only thing, uh, we're gonna read out some iTunes reviews. Thank you to, so much to encourage you to do to write some more because it helps us in the algorithms and however the iTunes thing works, we don't know. So this one is from Gennaro27, five stars, Obviously. of course, and the, the title of his review is finally. A the wrestling show on podcast. Now, what I think, because we were discussing this when we were outside, don't know what he means. I actually, I think I do know. I ah. think he was saying that finally the wrestle ramble is in podcast format. So he was saying like finally the wrestling show on podcast because the review then says, "I'm a big fan of wrestle ramble. I'm glad it's on podcast. Now I can drive and listen to it without while driving without YouTube open. Keep it, keep it, Ollie and Luke. Hashtag swat." So clearly he was a fan of the YouTube show, mm. but was de- he was one of the many who was desperate for it to be on a podcast format. So he's saying, finally, 
the Wrestle Ramble is on podcast now. It's just the use of both the indefinite and the definite article there with finally a the wrestling show on podcast. Yes. So we probably should. I probably shouldn't criticize the reviews so much if we want more people <laughs> to write them. Yeah, I was going to say that's less much. But thank you very much for that review, Gennaro Twenty Seven. Thank you. We very much. will keep it swaffed, and I'm glad you don't have to obliterate your mobile data by uh, streaming us on YouTube as you drive. Download it in advance. We were at one point the 38th most popular sports uh, podcast. Yeah. We are now the 148th most popular sports hey. podcast. So that's impressive to drop that many spaces. <laughs> is, I'm yeah. I'm almost impressed. Like a whole wheel of cheese for someone um, to devour well, that. Absolutely. But not only that, but Bruce Pritchard's dropped along with us. So we're still gunning for Brother Love. We're still coming for him. How how many spaces are we off, Brother Love? Uh, I think about ten or so. We're coming for you, Pritchard. We're coming for you. It's uh, We still haven't quite figured out how the iTunes chart works. I don't think anyone knows mm. how the iTunes charts works. Even the boffins at iTunes probably don't know how the iTunes charts They're, works. I believe the correct term is genius eye. You have Apple geniuses, don't you? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was... You said boffins. Yeah, no, sorry. I thought it was a Google thing. That you were a Google genius. But oh, that's no, right. No, you're no. an Apple genius. You're at you? the genius bar. Yes, that's right. Where yeah. they're all there. Really, um... Really quite smug. And, <laughs> hey, hey, oh, do you like Apple products? They're amazing. Have you ever? There's a there's a store in the UK. Uh, if you don't know it, American listeners called Lush, and that is for nice smelling organic bath it stuff. It is a smelly, smelly shop. Yeah, you can smell it down the street. Oh, a good country mile away. You as can smell soon it. as you walk in, someone will pounce on you. Usually a. Uh, early 20-something woman with dyed hair and a piercing on her nose. Sometimes with a bit shaved in there. Yes. Hair. They'll jump on you and say, Oh my God! Have you smelled this lemon fresh bar- bath bomb? I go, Oh man, I'm just here to collect my <laughs> It's Raining Men shower gel. And she No, you've got to try all these new things! And they love it. I've not been into a Lush shop in many a year. My ex-lady partner mm. used to love, 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 love Lush. Um, so I used to go in there every Christmas to go and get a some something from there. Something easy, smelly. easy, easy present to buy because mm. you can buy like the crates of stuff, and it's just like a random assortment of bath bombs, shower stuff, watsits, you know, all this yeah. sort of stuff. Not actual watsits. Um, doesn't come with like a free pack of Quavers. Uh, but... Rind them into your skin. <laughs> mm, cheesy powdery goodness. Exfoliating crisps. <laughs> um, do you, you like watsits? Yeah, I like Watsits. Oh, I do not like Watsits. Why not? I find Watsits to be possibly the worst of all crisps. Watsits in America are like cheesy puffs. Cheetos. Cheetos. Okay, yeah, that's we don't get thing. Cheetos over here anymore. We used to back in the day, because I remember mm. like the, the cats, but we don't get Cheetos anymore. Um, but yeah, Watsits are like, they're just getting stuck to your fingers. They're just like powdery cheese. Like, yeah, oh, oh, just, licking, yeah, licking off the just, stuff just at the end It's just gross, it's, it's really sickening Do you want to hear something really gross then? Oh, yeah. Because I have a preferred way to eat my my uh, Watsits Or Hula Hoops Oh okay, well Hula Hoops I'm down for Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, isn't? Who, who isn't? Who isn't down for a Hula Hoops? So Watsits, when I was a kid I would. I found, if you if you start eating them And you don't swallow You get the immense urge to just, to just swallow it all down But if you don't This is going to be taken out of context just that that <laughs> sentence I think but if you eat an entire bag of Watsits and manage to keep all the Watsit mush mm. that you have emulsified in your mouth and you wait till once it's all in there then you swallow 
It's it's almost <laughs> orgasmic levels of <laughs> it's pleasure. The most intense cheesy yeah. flavor in the well, world. Well, because like, you just be, oh, I just want to swallow it now. But get, I'm not. This is too weird a conversation. <laughs> I think this can be. I uh, I got a, a great message from my friend yesterday. In fact, mm-hmm. saying that oh, I've just sat down. Uh, I made my tea or dinner. Um, uh, if you're an American listener or viewer, I made my I made my tea and I sat down to watch the wrestle ramble. By the time I'd finished, you were still talking about buttonholes. You hadn't even talked about wrestling whatsoever. Bit of rambling. The Groom World Order. Too Boom. Sweet. Uh, uh, we should we should probably talk about the Wonderoddy reveal actually. Oh, I suppose we should because yeah. the Mon- Monday's one, which came after the reveal on Saturday, uh, we had recorded in advance because you you were away on Monday talking about buttonholes. Mm. So this was the. This is the first post Wonder Rolly one, and I, and I would I mean you've really taken to uh, to Wonder Rolly uh, and and embracing the fact that it's been revealed out there. I saw you wearing it on the Raw review momentarily uh, on today's uh, no the news that went up today SmackDown. It's on you, oh and yeah the news the, that goes costume, up today news went on today. You so you I think you've really taken to it. In fact, you even said because when after the reveal had come out. You said, it was like, well, I may as well bring the costume into the studio. It may as well live mm. here now. And it feels like it's starting to come... It's starting to become a part of you no, once again. No, no, no. It's just... It's a prop, isn't it? It's just there. And, you know, maybe it makes me feel really good when I have it on. But that's by the by. <laughs> I'm just doing it for the... I'm doing it to service the script or the or the gags or... Hmm. Yeah, the, the, no, Wonder Woman's be, Wonder Rolly's behind me. Is that why you were wearing it while we were editing earlier? No, no, well, you know, I was just I was just trying to get in the mood for, for the jokes. Yeah. It's method editing. I was watching I was watching Slamboree 2000, and I turn around, and you're there messing up with your tiara, make sure it's all fine, just yeah. doing a couple of poses. We've got WWE stuff to review, so let's get to it. <laughs> my, uh, I just the, said let's I get know, to I know, it. I know, I know. But I showed it to my lady partner and she just looked at me and said, what am I watching? Haha, <laughs> it's a raw review looking jacked, man. A remarkably succinct six minutes of rambling there. Excellent. We, we really rein that in because okay. quite a few people on Monday's episode, which is one of my personal all-time it's favourites. legit my favourite episode we've ever done. Because we just didn't talk about wrestling, really. We just jibber-jabbered back and forth. Uh, some people didn't like that and they wanted us to talk about wrestling more uh, well, understand I mean, understandably this yeah. is a wrestling youtube channel slash this is a wrestling video podcast yeah. so you would expect people want to hear us talk about wrestling mm. but sometimes people just like to hear about you and i in general terms exactly like this for our raw reviews the first time ever we've got my notes on my laptop but what's this right here luke uh, i well i thought I'm going to take my own notes this week. This is a level of preparation <laughs> I have never seen from you before. I was watching Raw and I was like, do you know what? I don't ever take notes while watching this. And I just try and remember things. And then we come around to doing the ramble and I'm like, oh man, I can't remember anything that happened mm. on this show. I hope your notes are good. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to make my own notes this week because hopefully that can like trigger things that I wanted sure. to say, yeah. wanted to bring up. So um, here, we, here we go. I mean, so, like, for example, my first note I've got here, Brock and Miss TV hyphen great segment in all caps that's all you've got written for that so that's all i so need to know have you read my notes no so recap this segment for me um i'm gonna be going off your raw review <laughs> i'm gonna close my laptop <laughs> so you can't even see that uh so miz came out and he announced that jason jordan was gonna have a match with uh 
Hennig's kid, Curtis, Curtis Axel, Axel. Curtis Axel, later on in the show, mm-hmm. and he asked for Jason Jordan to come out to the ring. Kurt Angle's music hit instead, and he goes, I've actually got a much better guest for you to come out and hear. Here's Bork Lesberg. Bork Lesberg comes out. I, once again, making my cup of tea and breakfast, had to run in because mm. I was expecting a boring 20-minute promo, especially when Miz was there as well. It was a nice surprise, Brock, coming out An like that. An excellent surprise. And because it was such a hot crowd in Bizarro Town, Canada. Yeah, Bizarro World, yeah. Yeah, Bizarro, t- did I say town? Yeah. It's a little bit inside Bizarro World. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone went crazy for it. It was I, a hero's reaction. I do reception. love... Bizarro World is my favourite WWE-ism because... It's only ever used when it's stuff that they don't want. Mm. So, like, when Bailey's getting booed, oh, it's Bizarro World. They just do whatever they want here in Canada. Brock Lesnar gets cheered. They're like, nah, that's fine. That's, yeah. that's the reaction we want. So, yeah, they, yeah, it's fine when they go with the segments. Yeah, exactly. But otherwise, it's like, oh, God, these Canadians are so weird. Booing the baby faces and cheering the heels. No, they just boo and cheer people that they like the uh for people who don't know what this bizarro world lineage comes from uh bizarro is a superman character mm-hmm. he's a bad villain he's a uh and the idea is he comes from a world where everything is the opposite isn't it yeah opposite day. opposite day yeah and that's why the bizarro world thing is used in wwe because it was... it's the the wrong it's the opposite to what wwe want so vince mcmahon tells the commentators but apparently uh, whenever there's a reaction that goes against the grain of the booking, like booing Roman Reigns, for instance, if it's any weirdly, if it's anywhere outside of America, if it's in America, mm-hmm. it's a divisive reaction. Yeah. If it's outside of America, we're in Bizarro World. It was, what the hell's going on here, uh, Michael? If, if my memory serves, it was a term that was coined by Jerry the King Lawler. Mm. He because he's a huge comic book of fan course, yeah. and, a, and a comic book artist in his own right. So I think when they used to go to Canada and Bret Hart was cheered like a conquering hero, he used to be like, it's like Bizarro World here, JR. Mm. And then they sort of adopted that phrase. It's like Wiley Coyote Cam. He also coined that term for like the, the top-down camera that's usually on ladder matches. I don't think mm. they do that much these days. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just really funny. It's like... Um, I've mentioned that Royal Rumble documentary where they showed the backstage um, shenanigans after Roman Reigns was booed winning and you got Michael Hayes in there going like we can't book for just one town we're a global company and then uh, and then I, I'm watching it going like yeah but he's booed in every town mm. Michael Hayes he's booed in every town because you're a global company it's a pretty it's, objective it's, thing it's a, it's a universal thing yeah. but yeah but when you're in Canada oh it's like bizarro world here isn't it these wacky Canadians mm. just cheer and boo and, and do all sorts of things as Dave Meltzer pointed out on the Western Observer radio review of Raw uh, he said it's always um Oh no, I've lost my point. I had it. Oh. It's gone. Where was it? It was about the the Oh yeah, so you have towns that are ahead of the curve and towns that are behind the curve. Mm. And typically Canadians are ahead of the curve because they're a smart crowd. Uh, because WWE don't run shows as much in Canada, it's more of a big deal. So all of the mega fans will go to that those several dates in uh, Toronto or Montreal or wherever it is. Same in the UK. When you we only get like two shows two Raws a year mm-hmm. in London or Liverpool or Manchester. Manchester and all of the really in like the biggest smart fans will go to those shows and that's why you get such raucous crowds who seem to chime in more with the internet community yeah so apart from that last Raw taping in the UK where the crowd were dead throughout because we were just bored <laughs> we were a part of it uh, so yeah that, that's why Canada was 
such a good crowd. Like, they really helped the show, oh, the quality they, of the shows. Didn't they just? But uh, it does mean that the flip side of having a really good crowd that's into your product means you're going to get a vocal reaction against the bad booking decisions that you're making, like Bailey getting booed on this show, Jason Jordan getting booed on this show, disinterest in the Nia Jack stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... Uh... But do you want to finish I'll, off what I'll, happened I'll with uh, Miss TV? So then, uh, so Bork Lesbo comes down with Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman talks about role play. Um, and he says, we're going to do a bit of role play here. Mm. So... Uh, Bo, your Samoa Joe, or Samoa Bo, as you brilliantly coined in the... Samoa Bo. Yeah. Thank you very much. I substituted one word that sounded like another one. But it was genius. No one on the Raw commentary team thought to do it, so uh, you're ahead of the curve. Just like Canada fans are ahead of Americans, you are ahead of the... WWE commentary world. Next week, hopefully, Bo Dallas comes out in a with like the towel round his neck, yeah. full Samoa Joe gimmick. And if they're going to do it, he has to come out to Samoa Joe's old music. Oh, the sexy seventies <laughs> porn music. Yeah. I've just come out of the Awful. shower. Dom, bom, um, anyway, uh, and Curtis Axel was, uh, I believe, Braun Strowman because he's got a beard. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then the Miz was uh, Roman Reigns because people boo him, mm. and. Uh, Brock Lesberg just started suplexing people and it was glorious. I cannot fathom how anyone can't like Brock Lesnar. Mm. Like when I see comments, people are like, I hate Brock Lesnar. I just hate Brock Lesnar so much. He's never there. I hate that he's the Universal Champion. I never want Brock to leave. And I don't want Brock to be on the TV every week. I just want him to show up every now and again and just start suplexing people because it's so much fun. He's the best. Yeah, it's he's not without criticism mm-hmm. because when he's not interested in a feud, oh, Dean Ambrose last year, yeah, it's... It, it's no good at all. No. But when he is invested in a feud and he's allowed to tell these stories over six or seven months, like with Goldberg, that was thrilling television. Oh, so good. And it was only... You know, one of the great things about NXT is not everyone is featured every week. Same with Ring of Honor TV because they've only got an hour. Uh, WWE can't do that because they've got three hours to fill. The only way they're forced, their hand is forced for that, if you've got someone who's bigger than the company itself, which really is the way that com- competitive sports organisations should build their, build their stars. You want the stars bigger than the brand itself because that will give you more money. Because Lesnar can say, nah, I'm only working these dates this year, they have to really treat his his the dates he does show up as really special. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah yeah I agree but at at the same time I do get why people are annoyed with Lesnar I thought this was a great segment it was a good segment to open the show yep Uh, the next thing was Seamus beating Seth Rollins very quickly with a roll up distraction roll up distraction roll up which I not just distraction roll ups I just I'm sick of roll ups because it doesn't do anything for anyone it just keeps everyone at that level level (laughs) yeah that flat level, not the Neville level. No, that's which is way, way up, up there. here. Oh wow, that is. Brock is on the Neville level. No, 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 no yeah. one's on the Neville level. <laughs> well, imagine an, a, a cruiser. That could be a big feature match for a, a B pay per view. Neville versus Brock Lesnar. Oh, I cruiserweight would love to see... versus Universal. I would love to see that match. That match would be so much fun. It'd That'd be, be the brilliant. 
best best pre-show match of all time, I think. That I think that'd be the best main event because you've got like the quickness of Neville just like running yeah. around him, doing loads of flipty doos and that while Brock Lesnar is trying to like swat it's like like King Kong up on top of the Empire State Building mm, trying to swat mm. away all the airplanes. Oh, that'd be br- I want that match. Yeah, that'd I didn't know I won awesome. it until just then. Yeah, totally. Uh, of course, it would have to be a special attraction exhibition match. You can't have Brock walking around with the Cruiserweight title. Oh, yeah, no. Be no way. Oh, that'd be so good. Or, you know, Neville challenging for the Universal Championship. Yeah, just as uh, a one. Yeah, maybe he could sacrifice, he could trade in his Cruiserweight title for bit like the any eventual face turn. Yeah, yeah like the I want a shot at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Nah, that is pretty cool. And that'd be a way to. Because. A lot of people want Neville to transition away from the cruiserweights because mm. it's a death spot and Neville's so much better than being in the death spot. So perhaps that would be a way to take him out of that division. Hey. And slot him back in with the mid-carders. Well, let's, yeah, hopefully. But anyway, roll-ups don't do anybody any good because the guy getting the roll-up, it kind of looks like a fluky win. So he it's not like a dominant win where, where hey, he's really good. And the guy getting pinned isn't like fully beaten either because it was it's a fluke it's like a fluky finish so no one gets over and it was only a five minute match yeah and i was just initially i was like oh god but then i realized it's actually playing into a larger story so my criticism is actually withheld because it it did serve a larger thing here uh cesaro and sheamus started beating down seth rollins after rolling uh sheamus uh, got the victory and the whole idea was they kept looking up the entrance ramp waiting for Ambrose to run down like he had last week and he didn't and Rollins was getting beaten up and that was so so important for what happened later in the show I have written here in my notes another great chapter in this story and I also Ooh. made the note that Dean is still over yeah which is great yeah like they like it's been so like uh, we want Ambrose like people were super into the idea of Dean coming down and when he didn't booze mm. great perfect awesome storytelling Thumbs up, WWE. You can see the motivations of oh, all the characters involved so and relate good. to them. Lovely really top stuff. stuff. Not as top stuff. <laughs> no. Was Jason Jordan Angle. Yeah. And he's, uh, his second match on Raw. So this is, I think we're four weeks in, but it could be three. of the. That's so there was the three, reveal. Yeah. Then there was the Miz TV segment. Then there was the match against... Guy. I think actually it was Kurt Hawkins. Then the Miz TV segment. And then yes, this one, yeah, 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 you're right. So yeah, four that. weeks, yeah. So four weeks. This was his fourth week into the illegitimate son reveal storyline. His and music is still bad. Yeah, and Curtis Axel, of course, was taken out by Brock Lesnar. Did it? I mean, even if he got just a suplex and an F5, mm. to still be selling his injuries. Oh, but that's not. I, think that's, I, yeah. I agree. That's great. I just wish there was a consistency where everyone did that. Yeah. Because most people would just show up later on. Uh, Braun Strowman's an exception. Yeah, well, I was, get... was going to say, Brawny the Strowman can get away with yeah, it. Yeah, he can, he can come back. Uh, I watched the Austin McMahon part one documentary mm. on the network at the weekend. I was just, you know, just flicking around yeah. and I saw it on. And it was, uh, uh, what was the one where Austin was taken, he was driven out in the ambulance and everything. He was like, well, that's it. He's not here. Mm. And then he comes back later on and he starts beating everyone up. I should have really remembered the story say. properly. Uh, but it was great. Was it a pay-per-view? I can't remember that. Oh, my. I'm sure it's a seminal angle and everyone's going to go someone crazy. Will, someone will mention it in the comments or tweet it. As... So Curtis Axel is Just down backstage. Nice mm. Curtis Axel is down backstage. Mm-hmm. And he he's like, oh, no, who can I get to fight um, uh, Jason Jordan, my son? Because it's not like there's loads of other people who haven't got stuff to do tonight. Oh, here's someone. Literally someone he's never seen before. We've never seen before. 
just a local jobber, uh, sorry, a local wrestler who is in his kit, you know, because you've got to always bring your kit. He was prepared for any eventuality. That's it. That's it. A very good local sports entertainer. It's like that dream you have, isn't it? Where you're you're just sitting there watching and like, oh no, I need some cut. I need someone to be my tag team partner. (laughs) Hey, you there. Me? 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 Really? Yes, we win the titles. <laughs> I've had that dream. Uh, so he picks a guy who's just warming up backstage called Jean-Pierre, Jean-Pierre Goulet. I'm so glad you wrote it down because in my notes, I've written Jordan beats Jobber. Yeah, which was a, which was what the Canadian crowd chanted Let's go Jobber. Let's go Jobber. I haven't heard that chant in ages. I love it. So apparently the idea behind this, uh, Toronto was where Raw took place this week. Jean-Pierre Goulet was billed from Quebec City. And the idea was, by billing him from Quebec rather than Montreal or Canada in general, the Toronto crowd would boo the Quebecer. Oh, is that the idea? Mm. Unfortunately, like, I mean, like, when I've seen... Wade Barrett wasn't from London. Or what actually no, was he, he? No, he was from Preston. Yeah, but we would all cheer him because Look, he's English. William Regal, he's from Blackpool. Exactly. So... I think the crowd just saw Jason Jordan, who's meant to be the babyface. WWE are thinking this would be a good way to get Jordan over with the crowd, mm-hmm. the smart crowd. Nope. The Canadians wanted to, surprisingly, wanted to cheer the Canadian. Like they did. They cheered Jinder Mahal on SmackDown, and he's billed as being from Punjab. Yeah. I was. I, I literally wrote here, do they want him to get heel heat? Yeah. Why not face someone who hates Canada? Like, if you wanted to do that, why not, like, pick, like, you run into an American jobber backstage to be like, mate, I hate being here. Canada's stupid. It's full of idiot holes. Yeah, that's a and good And then one. he goes out, and then Jason Jordan beats him up, um, possibly waving the Canada flag mm. just to get extra babyface heat. But I, I thought this was a terrible idea, and it did not work. Mm. Yeah, it didn't work. No, not at all. And Jordan is not getting over with this. So I... There's a lot of uh, theories going around that it's all going to be revealed that Jason Jordan isn't Kurt's illegitimate child and that it was all a ruse done by the authority, by the McMahon-Helmsley regime. And uh, it's going to be... And it's going to be Jason Jordan's then going to be aligned with Triple H and Stephanie and then get a push that way instead. Mm. I almost hope that's actually the direction because this is killing him. Yeah. Uh, he is... He's dead in the water with this. Yeah, it's no good. It's not getting him anywhere. Imagine if it was Chad Gable. Even Chad Gable? Uh, No, I think if you put him out there in Toronto, Gable would be massively cheered. Okay, so Gable would be better in the sense that he's a more charismatic guy. He'd be able to get the angle over a little bit better. People are more willing to cheer him. People are more willing to cheer Gable. Mm. But it's still being saddled with a really bad gimmick. You know, Mantar didn't get over because it was saddled with a, like the uh, Duke the Dumpster. Uh, yeah, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy yeah. didn't get over because he was saddled with a really bad gimmick. You know who else has been badly booked? Oh, it's coming. Bailey. Oh my girl, Bailey. Bailey had the audacity <laughs> to come out with her injured shoulder. Oh, oh there goes it. Excuse my nose. We're gonna it? have to bleep that, <laughs> Luke. We have we have a. So for everyone who didn't uh, see that or hear that on the podcast, <laughs> Luke's precariously balanced iPad with his notes on just fell over. I'm gonna do it like and this. what, four or five months of not having a single swear? <laughs> there you go. You said an S-bomb. You dropped an S-bomb. I didn't even realise I'd done it. Sorry about that. That's very funny. Anyway, Bailey 
that had the audacity you threw in my joke as well <laughs> of coming out and being like oh my injured sh- I've got an injured shoulder I won't be able to compete at SummerSlam for the title uh, and you know poor me Boo! Oh my god, I Boo, felt so Bailey. bad for her. Boo. I'm, I'm almost glad that I just dropped an S-bomb then because that gave mm. me a bit of uh, chucklesome, gave me a bit of levity to what is a very, very dark day in the WWE universe. That my girl Bailey is on the shelf. She came out, she had her hair down, she didn't even tie it up because she was coming out almost out of character mm. to be like, guys, I'm injured. Boo, you, you dicks. Really, though, because I, I mean, yes, I suppose it's not the most mature reaction, but you, you're asking uh, a mature reaction from what is essentially a mob mentality. It's a crowd of people. You're so, not going to get a, yeah. a measured response unless it's something super, super serious. There was a, so there was, it's, it's, it's indicative of five months of really, really bad booking. I agree. I and there, and there is that discussion as to whether the crowd were booing Bailey or they were booing the booking of Bailey. Mm. That's kind of like the discussion. People aren't really sure what the the Canadians were booing. Um, I'd like to think it's they were booing the the booking of Bailey as opposed to just because as a, I've seen a lot of people going like, well, of course she got booed. She's the female John Cena. I was like, well, that's not an excuse because she was the female John Cena in NXT and she was over like mm. like no one's business. Well, so was Sami Zayn to in all, you know in all fairness and look at him on the main roster but it's yeah it was just a real shame i just felt really bad for her as well because then like she acknowledged the booze and that got her flustered because that incorrect like it got more booze Corey graves pointed out the big dick and then oh i just felt really bad for her i i genuinely i wanted to stop watching the show just so i could take a moment wasn't it something like well i'm not talking to the people who are booing me right now i'm talking to those who have tweeted me about my injury yeah so that was i mean oh, it was a it, bad it, it probably just came bad, out yeah. uh, but uh it was a bad she was obviously give, yeah. really taken aback by it it really yeah I, I felt so bad for her poor bailey so the consequence of this is bailey is out of her SummerSlam title match with Alexa Bliss. And who's she going to hug, man? She can't. Yeah. That's that's the thing she loves to do most. I know. She can't get that arm Do you know what's, you know what's weird? I just folded my arms mm. there. Like, do, you, do you know what's weird? Tell what's me, weird Luke. about this whole thing is that even though they were building towards Bailey versus Bliss at SummerSlam, it does really feel like in the last couple of weeks they've been more pushing the idea of being Sasha Banks mm. versus Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam. Even to the point where... Um, Pete Rosenberg on Bring It to the Table was like, I love Bailey and everything, but I'm more interested in seeing this match because that's that's a more interesting match to me. They've got more heat together and they seem to legitimately hate each other. And it just seems I'm not trying to be like a I'm not trying to be a smart fan who's thinking this is all a work. But there are signs there that they were pushing the idea that Sasha Banks was going to be at SummerSlam against Bliss rather than Bailey being there before the injury happened. Mm. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying you worked on a very good video about uh, Vince McMahon's conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theories. Thank you very much. Uh, all last week. And you <laughs> might be in the conspiracy theory mentality still. Perhaps I am. Although, I mean, we were just talking about the, the Paul Heyman. Uh, <laughs> Don't get into this. <laughs> okay. That's a long story. Uh, I, I think it's more that... But because that story was already there, but Sasha took Bailey for granted in that number one contenders match they originally had. Sasha was like, "I can't wait to beat up Alexa," and Bailey was like, "Well, you know, you've got to beat me first. And it was that that played into Bailey beating Sasha mm. in their number one contenders match. Sasha wasn't seen on TV afterwards. I thought it was building towards, you know, to play devil's advocate. 
that Sasha would show up and get interfere, cost Bailey maybe, the title, yeah. maybe, and that that's where you go with that feud. But we do need to delay this Sasha Banks heel turn further than we already have. I know. Would it be absolutely abysmal if they turn Bailey heel before Sasha Banks? Well, uh, well I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. But here's what I'm thinking: Come SummerSlam, what if Bailey comes down to the ring, arm in a sling, hair down because she's brilliant and she's Bailey, mm. and then just takes it off. Boom! Clothesline Sasha Damn. Banks. And do our Bailey heel turn booking That's right. from Fantasy Booking Warfare That's a few weeks right, ago. Yeah. Uh, this turned into the the new number one contenders match, which was two three ways. The first one here between Sasha Banks, Alicia Fox, and Emma, and uh, later in the night, Nia Jax versus Dana Brooke and Mickey James. Mickey James, I genuinely forgot, was on the Raw roster. I was about to say hilariously when they announced there are going to be two triple threat matches. I literally said. Are there six women on yeah. the Raw roster? What's Summer Rae doing? Is she finally coming back? <laughs> I was sat there, I was like, Sasha Banks? Yeah. Um, oh, Emma. Emmalina. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dana. Yeah. Who else is there? I was I was stumped. And then when, like, Alicia Mox... Uh, Alicia Mox. Alicia Fox's music here, I was like, who's this? Mm. Who's this coming out of the ring? I well, was she like, doesn't oh, usually yeah. get an entrance. No. And then I, I've, I've written my notes here. Alicia's entrance is such a diva's holdover. It yeah. just sounds like Diva's era entrance music. With Eva Marie leaving, <laughs> like that's a, a lot of people are saying that's the actual final end of the Divas, mm. uh, whatever that period of time was called. The dark days. Yeah. And now, Ali- actually, yeah, Alicia is sort of the hangover there. Alicia is still the whole well, She had that yeah. classic with Melina. She so certainly did, yeah. I, I watched there. quite recently her defend the, the Butterfly Championship against Melina at a, a SummerSlam event. Wow. On the network, you get up to stuff on your on your time off. The so the the two three ways we won't go into both of them. I'd like we we bring one forward to here. Sasha Banks won one, and Nia Jax won the other. Mm-hmm. They're going to face each other next week for well, the number one contendership. Was there a botched three count? Where in the um the uh, first the one first with one. Emma's pin? Yes. No, no, it was just a brilliant near fall. Was it a brilliant near fall? Because... I just, well, that's how I took it. Yeah. Okay, because like the the commentators again, I'd kind of gone out into mm. the other room with my wireless headphones to to make a cup of tea, and they were like Michael Cole was like losing his mind about it being a botched uh, pinfall. So I just wanted to make mm. sure there wasn't any like they're going to like, try and turn it into a storyline next week where Emma comes in and is like, "Good day, mate. I want to try and get back into there. Well, let's make it another triple three match, and I'll have I'll get my championship opportunity at SummerSlam." I'd That's love a that. Terrible Australian accent. I do apologise. I would love that because I really, really like Emma. She's great. Uh, but yeah, I don't see how they can make that work from a logic perspective. But oh. Shane McMahon's a special guest referee, so that ship sailed. Uh, so next week's Raw is in Boston. Which is Sasha Banks' hometown. Uh-oh. Yeah. And Nia Jax Alexa Bliss is another story that's been building forever mm. with Nia Jax having a frenemy relationship there with was her. A, there was a great moment because Alexa was out on commentary for both matches. Everyone's probably seen the image of uh, Booker T checking out her rear yeah. uh, when she was uh, sitting down at commentary desk. Um, did a bit of a Jerry Lawler. Remember Jerry did that with Paige? No, um, no, oh, I don't. There's, there's a very funny image of like it was Paige stood up from the commentary desk to like shout at someone in the ring, and you just see Jerry Lawler doing this. <laughs> puppies, pur- pur- back puppies, <laughs> back puppies. But anyway, I wanted to. Make, uh, there was a really great moment when uh, so Nia Jax won the second match, and um, obviously they've got this this frenemy relationship mm. going on, and uh, Nia Jax points at Alexa Bliss, and Alexa Bliss goes. I'm not sure what that was all about. <laughs> I'm sure she's just caught up in the moment. Bliss <laughs> is really funny. Bliss is really great, but she seems to have disappeared recently. 
despite being the the world champion and everything is around yeah, her. She's been on TV every week. Champion. I just don't feel like you know, like when she first came over to Raw, we were getting a great full-on Alexa promo every other week. You don't need like, especially with this this like to this build in particular. Mm. You didn't really. You just needed her out on commentary, just saying snide remarks about everyone in the ring, which I thought was great. I thought you, she was, and she was brilliant at. You don't need another in. Uh, this is your life segment. No, you don't. So we had Galanderson beating up Big Enzo Amore. Excellent, well done. So Big Show and Enzo Amore are now a team, it seems. Well, they were a team here. I don't think that's going to be the long-term direction. It was just another way to get Big Cass to come out and Big Show to hit Big Cass. And Big Show has ended almost every week standing tall. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. it's uh, this. This feud is bad mm. this is death comes to television no good yeah very bad and it seems like it's going to get worse because kurt angle made it big cast versus big show for SummerSlam. my immediate reaction is oh god another match it's gonna be eight hours long yep. and then big cast says well enzo's always there getting involved yaddy 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 he's like a little yapping dog you should put him up, like chain him up somewhere. And Kurt goes, what? Like a shark cage? I almost imagined him to take out the toy set right next to What, you mean like this shark cage that you can get from shops right now? Yeah, if, if it were me, if I was the agent, the producer putting together this segment, mm. I'd have opened it with Kurt, like a marketing rep talking Kurt through the toy and being like so this is one of the uh, new toys that we've got out at the moment it's really really popular and Kurt's like oh that's really really interesting and then Cass comes in and be like we need to find a way to straighten this up and Karen just does this huh I've got an idea or you go that's, that's a really like, <laughs> why didn't they do that that would make this so oh, much so better you put the toy on television yeah. like, why hide the fact that you're trying to do yeah. this to push toys at least the Transformers were quite open it was like this is a no, this is a jumped up toy commercial go buy the toys kids the, the other way you could do it is Kurt doesn't make the connection like so he's <laughs> he's this rep's just been selling him the toy and Kurt goes oh cool I just, I just need to do my proper job at the moment but Cass walks in we need to lock Enzo up some way and Kurt goes you know what? I've just had an idea from nowhere. <laughs> yeah. We put him in a shark. And then like you could have this run of things like he's, he's using a kendo stick or something. You know what? Maybe we should have a kendo stick on a pole match. So, especially if he then turns back to the marketing representative and goes like, so what are you saying about this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's this thing that's suspended <laughs> above the ring? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my uh, only notes. I'm going to refer to my notes here. Oh, uh, please this, do. This is this is quite fun mm. because I would have forgotten about this had I not wrote it down in my notes. It's uh, the purpose of notes. Yes. I'm surprised. I'm glad it's taken you five months to catch <laughs> on to this. Booker T at one point, I think it was after uh, one of Galanderson hit him with a big move, said, and this is a direct quote: "Enzo is straight up mollywopped." It <laughs> really made me laugh because I have no idea what that means. Yeah, it's the sort of phrase that if someone said, uh, straight up Molly Watts, <laughs> I, I, I would go, is that racist? Is that, did that you just my, use a racist word? I was like, oh, is that bad? It's like, it was comedy. <laughs> he just got straight up Molly Watts, kid. I was, it was, yeah. I profited. It None of those things are verbs. No. It's, <laughs> Booker T was all over the show. To the point where he was called out by Corey Graves <laughs> in the Dean Ambrose Cesaro oh, match. I've, I've literally written, what is Booker T talking about? He's just, he's so distracting on commentary. Because mm. he's just saying, 
things like straight up molly whopped or you're looking jacked baby because he's got a t-shirt on pro wrestling tees that he's trying to hock so it's but i would almost prefer i i do prefer him to david otunga though well at least he provides something i suppose because david otunga was like he was the personification of just I, i don't know i can't even think of the most boring thing he was ikea furniture Without the personality. JBL bullying him was the best thing about David Otunga. And, yeah. I, you know, I don't want JBL to bully someone, but when you're that insipid on commentary, oh, David Otunga... It's the three of them. It's it's him, Byron Saxton, and Percy Watson. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, all three of them just absolutely offer nothing to either of their commentary teams. I must defend Byron, because when he was on Raw, and he had this brilliant relationship with Corey Graves where Byron would be really overly optimistic. Corey would say, yeah, but you've never slept with a girl. And, <laughs> and Byron would follow up immediately with like, yeah, but I held hands with one once. <laughs> yeah. And that, like when he had that little, that was like a two month run where he finally yeah. found his niche. And that was really, really good. If you're just going to keep calling me out for being a nerd, yeah. I may as well just play out being a nerd. A, a really unironic, happy, but you can tell yeah. he's dying inside nerd. That I... I, I really liked Byron in that role. But he's got none of that on SmackDown because he's the insider. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he's insider now, yeah. mate. Uh, so the thing that we're missing in this is that Galanderson got a win hey. against the... Nerds! <laughs> Great stuff. Love these things. They, there was a, uh, did you watch the Mike Rowe thing? No. So you know the guy who Nia Jackson Galanderson torment backstage? He's the... Is this one of the WWE.com exclusives? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Stuff that, the good stuff they don't put on television. Exactly. Like they, There is no reason not to put this very entertaining two-minute thing on telly. You have three hours. Yeah. And it's Mike Rowe backstage because they won't too sweet him. That's the running gag. He gets a, he's got Carl Anderson's jacket and he puts it on. And he says, and he does an impression of both of them. And he says, "Do you want to too sweet me, Mark?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll too sweet you guys." And then as he's just about to too sweet himself, Nia Jax walks in and he goes, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and Luke Gallows walks in slowly and goes, "Is that Carl's jacket?" And he, no, no, no. I just found it. Somebody goes, "What are you doing, nerd?" And then, and then Carl Anderson walks in and they just all. Oh, rip him. Where's it's, this stuff? Oh, I'd love it's to see It's so that. funny. It makes me want Nia Jax to be with Galanderson as yeah. like a, a little trio. Right, that's great stuff. Uh, yeah. Also, the other news coming out of this is another revival industry, uh, injury. Oh, they announced it during yeah. this match. Poor lad. Cannot catch a damn break. So this is Scott Dawson t- Tory's biceps. Oh, that's and a nasty injury This as well. is just after uh, Dash Wilder fractured his jaw. Or Poor dislocated lad. his jaw. Something yeah. to his jaw. Yeah, no, real shame. No flips, just hospital trips. <laughs> yeah, there's. <laughs> yes, mate! Did you, did you pre. Is that on no, your notes? No, it's not on my notes. Ah, I just thought well, of that. that High five! Uh, the, the, Someone well, else probably came up with that, I'll be honest. Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt were up next. Oh, in, yeah. So, talking about how bad Big Cass and Big Show's feud is. Oh, this is more. This is more disinteresting to me. I have written here this is a repeat of the Seth feud. It's, it's the exact yeah. same booking of the Seth feud. The only thing I liked about this whole in-ring segment was that uh, Balor kept popping his jacket before he did a move. Mm. Like, he'd pop his collar, and I was like, God, he's cool. And that's about it. Finn Balor came out, and he cut a promo, and the crowd were like, that half of them were wearing Bullet Club t-shirts. So they were like, yay! And then Finn Balor kept on talking, and he's not the best talker. I, I don't think so. He's a fantastic wrestler. But that happened. And then... It's just that these are two guys who do not need the supernatural shtick and the ability to appear and then disappear 
however blackout uh, way you do it. I don't I don't want to see Bray Wyatt teleporting from the middle of the ring to the Titan Tron. I don't want to see Bray Wyatt cutting a promo on a Titan Tron ever again. Mm. But this is the way they keep going with it. And it's, it's you're not you're doing the wrong interpretation of the characters and it's creating a really insipid build to this feud. I don't care about this. Nope. It's it's going to be a good match. But yeah. I don't like I won't it could be so much more of a, a better match if I was invested in what was happening and the characters. It's just going to be four weeks of them appearing in the ring. This, oh, and we've only got two more weeks of it, thank God. But actually, it's the go home show to, uh, next week for yeah, some time. Can you believe quick. next week is the go home show? Really doesn't feel like it is. Yeah. Um, or it's, you know, it's the go home week before SummerSlam, which really does. Like, even on the NX, like the Brooklyn Three show. Hmm. I mean. Good lord, there's a reason why they can't sell that building out, and even the scalpers aren't interested in buying tickets. So, next up, we had uh, probably the best part of the show for me Dean Ambrose beating Cesaro in a cracking TV match. Cracking TV match. This went on for ages. Yeah, it was great yeah. stuff. In a All good the way. way through, yeah. Really uh, good. The best way to describe it in one word is uppercuts. <laughs> uppercuts everywhere. Uppercuts when Dean Ambrose tries to tope out the ring. Yep. Uppercuts when Dean Ambrose leaps off the top turnbuckle. Uppercuts, uppercuts, uppercuts. Uppercut City, mate. Ah, I did, Cesaro is exactly like Balor. I could just watch him wrestle anything. Yeah, so good. He is, uh, yeah, he's just really great. There's nothing more to add on there. Um, distraction roll up. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I didn't like that part yeah. of it. But I, it's so I didn't like the distraction roll up. I would have just preferred a normal pin. But poetic symmetry, I can see the case for doing it with the Seth Rollins Sheamus uh, and the the match they had the previous week. So the the heels beat. Oh, actually, that was another part of the match. There were some great moments between Cesaro and Sheamus yeah. in this. There was a moment when Ambrose kicked out and Cesaro went right up to the ropes, just dejected, and he's just looking like that. And Sheamus is looking at him. Some beautiful facials and and reactions like that. For, I mean, Seamus was so good as well because he didn't take his sunglasses off, which are re- like they're reflective sunglasses, but he was still conveying every single emotion mm. without using his eyes. It was it was really yeah. really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was the match where Booker T was all over the show in terms yeah, of his yeah, commentary. Yeah. Just, he has no idea what the storylines are, despite the fact he's there every smegging week. He was just saying all sorts of random stuff. Corey Graves, God bless his heart, just had to keep shutting him down and telling him to shut up and mm. like point out where he was going wrong it was it, it's a testament to how good this match was that they overcame awful commentary yeah yeah because sometimes especially when the commentary team have something else to promote a pay-per-view mm-hmm. a wwe studios release yep. with the guy from arrow <laughs> that that can really take away from the match but at least this one at least was kind of in the yeah it kind of helped having someone explain the way storylines work to Booker T to explain it to me I was like oh so that's how this is going (laughs) okay this is nice do you know what a classic example of bad commentary hampering a match is um, it was when they first did the brand split, the bland, mm. the bland sprint from last year or the first, the, one? the, the very first okay. time they did the bland sprint, and um, it was the first, like I think it was probably the first pay per view, or it was the first pay per view where they were all together mm. and they were actually having like an inter promotion match. It was like Team Raw versus Team SmackDown, and they had both sets of commentary teams doing the commentary. So you had the Raw commentators and the SmackDown commentators. And they just spent the whole match shouting at each other about mm-hmm. who, which was the better brand. It's unwatchable. It's so bad. It seems like it was early day JBL as well. Oh, it was actually. No, I'm not sure much. It was Taz in particular. It was Taz was awful for it. 
but it's bad. No good. But this was very good. Excellent. And after the match, uh, Shea Maro, emboldened by the events previously in the night where Ambrose didn't run down to save Seth Rollins, they thought, we're going to have a bully beatdown of Ambrose here. Beat, 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 beat down. Who runs out? But burn it down, yeah. Seth Rollins. And you pointed out to me today what that's in relation to. Well, it's in relation to a number of things, but I didn't quite click that it was 2K18 as well with I the did not advertising the, campaign. I did not put those two together. Mm. I just thought it was a WrestleMania thing. But I, I, when you, like, I thought it was a WrestleMania thing, but I thought, it's a bit late to be doing mm. that now. WrestleMania was months ago. We're on to SummerSlam now. But as soon as you mentioned the 2K18 thing, I was like, ah, uh, right, I get it now. Yeah, it's nice. It's a really nice bit of character arc work because, you know, he was the architect and now he's all about burning it down. But it doesn't entirely chide with what he's doing in storyline by repairing things with Dean Ambrose. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, it really should be like repair it up. Yeah. Uh, if it was... Yeah, if this were, if this happened last year going into the Triple H feud where he wanted to burn, bring it down, burn down the uh, the authority. Yeah. Makes total sense, but not so much here. No. But it's still... Uh, I don't know. But, yeah. the, the, but to be honest, this segment in the end there where like Dean was the one to put out the fist bump... Yeah. The crowd were going ape s word. I'm not going to say it this time because I got in trouble last time. Mm-hmm. Just like and, like, and the camera very smart. I don't say it this often about Kevin Dunn, but he was smart enough to just pull the camera back and show the entire crowd going in yes chance. What a sight! What a sight to behold! It was a great, great moment. And Seth walked away, and I was like, "This is the best story outside of Brock Lesnar mm. and the the, the Fatal Four Way." It's God, hot damn, it's so good. Well, the Fatal 4-Way isn't really a story. It's just for it's just, well, four yeah, people It's just four people, it. just like four four big dudes yeah. beating each other up. But Great this stuff. this is an actual story with character Great development stuff. and loads yep. of backstory. And you can tell it's connecting because Bizarro Land, the, Canada, the Canadian crowd, they have been booing the baby faces and cheering the villains all night. But then you give them something that's genuinely good and they can get their teeth into and they can relate to emotionally. And all of that cynicism goes away. And they were genuinely cheering these two. Yeah. They wanted to see it. Like, if if there was a heel turn or anything, they would have booed. They would have booed the right moments and cheered the right moments. Uh, so that, that was really nice to see. I thought this was ace. Mm. Absolutely ace. Best thing on Raw by a mile. It even went to the point where... You know, Dean puts out the hand, the fist bump, and I'm like, no, don't do it now. That's yeah. too soon. You want to do it next week. But they held it for so long, I was actually like, oh, no, no, actually, I want to see them yeah, make up. Absolutely, like, yeah. I believed in the story. You forget yeah. it's fake for a moment, which is what it should do. And uh, and then Seth walked away, and I was like, oh, no, I'm actually angry. He walked away now. But you made the right move for the storyline. So good. So very good stuff. But then we had sort of two segments of, yeah, which was a Raya Davari. I oh, know, sorry, Akira Tozawa beating Araya Davari. It's because I just copy and pasted my Raw notes. I put that wrong in the title bit of Raw. I felt really bad the Raw for, review. for our editor because he was the one who took the blame for it. Ah. A few of the commas were just like, if you want to be in touch with your editor, he's put the wrong note in there. No, that's my fault. <laughs> it's all that your all fault. Uh, and I mean, this it made, it, it made me feel that Tozawa might be getting the win over Neville. Really? I don't know. I just, I was thinking about it. it Akira Tozawa feels like the most worthy person to step up so far. I know you had the Austin Aries stuff, but that never really clicked for me. I feel, I'm, I'm actually quite behind Tozawa. I'm, I'm super behind Tozawa as well, but this is I think this is going to be pushed to the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe they'll do a title change in the pre-show, but it, it just it doesn't feel like it's the right time to take the belt off Neville. When he was in that feud with Austin Aries, I was like, yeah, now is the time to be doing it because Austin Aries has had this whole storyline where he was on commentary and his whole thing was like, as soon as I get back in the ring, I'm going to be the best person there. So it just felt like the right time to tell that story. But with Tazawa, because this build has been virtually non-existent, doing a title change now I, I feel would be a real disservice for the good work you've done with Neville since the Royal Rumble I suppose so and you really want to build to that year long title reign for yeah. Neville where he cashes it in for a shot at Brock Lesnar's universal title yes mate yes come on because that's a good Royal Rumble match right oh totally because yeah. the, the Rumble sells the Rumble the actual, you know the 30 man over yeah. the top uh, so you can have a throwaway thing that won't necessarily draw oh it'd be so good Mate, can you imagine him hitting the F5 on Neville as well? Because he would take that like an effing champ. Do you remember the Raw match where Neville hit, uh, oh God, what's his, the Red Arrow on Seth Rollins? Mm. And it actually looked like Neville won the title. <laughs> yes. And I thought, because no one had kicked out of it by then, but Rollins just got his foot on the ropes, but you couldn't really see on the camera. Ah, oh, that's one of my favourite memories of Raw from the last couple of years. Very good. Anyway, we've already done the Nia Jax win, so the main event was Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns in a last man standing match. Yes, it's another lineup of the same guys who were involved in the match. It's using the matchup to build to the matchup, essentially. But this was so much fun, I, I didn't really mind this week. I, uh, I hated the finish. Tell me why. I don't like Mondays. Uh, I. Why didn't? He, why couldn't you give Braun a clean victory? So, uh, so let's just quickly run through the match. There was loads of fun bits. It was a very hardcore heavy. Uh, there was the steel steps got involved. There was a table spot. The bit everyone's talking about is when Reigns ran round to give Braun a spear. Usually, this would be Braun moves out the way, go into the timekeeper's area. That hasn't been done for a few months now, so you could feel it coming. Instead, Braun didn't pick up a steel chair. He picked up like one of those large office ergonomic chairs. office chairs with the comfy leather seats and padding and threw it straight at Reigns' face. It looked incredible. Spectacular. And then they fought outside and... And up the ramp and back down. Reigns delivered this high-speed spear to Braun, running down off the ramp and kind of launching himself off the ramp before it hit the mm -hmm. normal flat ground. Took out Braun. Both men were down. Uh, it got to eight. Roman was Roman was up. And then he walked over to the, the crowd, the barrier, and out of nowhere, Samoa Joe got him in the Kikina clutch. The referee stopped counting and... Uh, Samoa Joe choked out Roman, so he was on the ground. And then the referee started counting again, and Braun got up at seven, like he did an old Undertaker sit up. And... Yeah. So, what didn't you like about that? A, Strowman was down for way too long, twenty odd. Um, and like, so we from, from just a spear as well. We yeah, from just a spear. So we talked about this last week, where I didn't see the logic in Roman beating Samoa Joe, given the the whole storyline was that yeah. Samoa Joe, you've never beaten me, and they, that storyline's now gone. You can't do that storyline anymore. When it came to the, and but you said to me, uh, and uh, something I didn't completely agree with is you've got to give everyone their moment. So you've got to give uh, Roman his moment this week say Strowman's moment next week Joe's moment the following week so that everyone looks kind of great problem is you're doing it against the other people in the mm. match so everyone's just on a level playing field which I think is is backward booking and they're going to do it again on Monday and I just think I think it's destructive booking yeah so 
I don't understand why he just didn't give Strowman the clean win here over over Roman and make him just look like a dominating heel rather than having to have someone help him beat Roman Reigns in a last man standing match. I thought it really hurt Strowman. It didn't help Reigns and it didn't help Joe. So I thought it was an awful finish. Really, really bad. And it really put a sour note on the whole show. Wow. Okay. I didn't know you felt that strongly against it because my main umbrage with the finish was it didn't make any sense within the confines of the rules. No. Okay. So that just adds further to it. I I just thought it, I thought it hurt everyone. So uh, when Roman stood up, like Roman was still, when the referee got to eight, when Samoa Joe applied the choke, the referee stopped counting despite it being no DQ and Roman was still standing up by this point. So like Braun was down for 12, then Roman went down and then the referee started from from one again. Uh, So that that wasn't right. But I did like Samoa Joe choking out Roman because you keep all those plates spinning. Joe was the one who got pinned last week, which, you know, we I wouldn't have done either, but you've done it. So Joe getting his heat back by taking out Roman, choking him out like that Mm. was good. Uh, The way Strowman got up, like it almost was as if he was playing possum. He stood up real strong and stood up immediately. It wasn't like he staggered to his feet. So I, I don't, I don't think it if, hurt him. If, I you know, I didn't think about Strowman at all. If it were me, if it, if I were in charge, mm. if I had some sort of creative power, uh, I'd have had Strowman win, gone over strong, gone over clean. Not like you know, make Roman look like a complete jabroni have Roman be like so close to me almost do that um, the, the Triple H Jericho just gets up at the 10 count but then collapses mm. back down again both of them just look like complete badasses and then as Strowman just gets back to his feet Joe locks in the clutch on Strowman and takes him out because then Joe's um, uh, Joe's mentality going into next week was just like you had two monsters who beat each other to the point where they couldn't stand and I was the only one left standing mm. And I put down, I put down the victor. Ergo, that makes me the best of the three. I think that's a much, that's a good bit of character motivation for Joe going into next week's show. Also, it keeps Braun strong because I thought Braun looked very weak at the end of this, and Rain still looks strong because he just about he only just lost the match. What about? And I've just thought of this as you were talking, so it might not work when I say it out loud. But in last week's match, Braun Strowman pins Joe. So you, you mm-hmm. do it that way round. Yeah. And Joe's like, you know, there's a bit of uh, tomfoolery to why Joe gets pinned. It isn't like a clean, clean win because it's a three-way. Uh, so this match, you have Braun and Roman going at it. And then they're both sort of down for the count. But they're still, they're staggering up. Joe walks in with the steel chair, looks at Braun, because Braun was the one who pinned him. Just whacks him with a steel chair. Braun's out, looks at Roman. Roman Roman's at his feet now. Whacks him as well, walks out. Mm-hmm. and that, But then within like five Braun is straight up yeah. and stands up, and but Roman's down for the count. Also works, yeah. I, I thought it was a bad fit. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a Smackdown review, Mangle, I love it. We got us a flying Uso. So much time left for Smackdown. We only went 55 minutes so far. I'm sorry, Smackdown viewers. Although there, yeah. was, there wasn't, a, on paper, there seems like a lot that happened on this show. There really isn't. There really isn't, yeah. yeah. And I find that we, we kind of get criticised <laughs> a lot in this show. Of people saying, like, you spend so much time on Raw that you feel like you have to rush Smackdown. But my argument is that often there's actually not a lot to talk about with Smackdown. I tell you what we should do. We should start with SmackDown one week, yeah, let's and see yeah. see if that we filled time because we we there's also uh, and we, this is definitely true that when we start we're very optimistic we ramble to our heart's content but by the time it gets to an hour like oh girl we've gone really fast let's <laughs> rush through these a bit so SmackDown kicked off with John Cena walking out there was we didn't talk about him in the last uh, the in, in the Raw review. But because both Raw and SmackDown were in the same arena in Toronto, you had the same guy, I'm sure you know who he is, with a red hat, a red baseball cap, worn backwards. On Monday night, he was wearing a Roman Sucks t-shirt and he was very proudly declaring it to the camera. Sometimes to Roman himself, like looking him right in the eyes, like that, uh, screaming words at him. And today he had a Cena Sucks one. And when John Cena came in the ring, he was like, oh, this is a bit of a divisive Bizarro Land reaction with these hand gestures. And then you can see when he clocks the guy with the Cena Sucks t-shirt and he just laughs and points at him. As well you should. As well you should point a Why? laugh at that guy. I get passion, but like just printing up your own t-shirt that says Cena Sucks. And because like he's worn that t-shirt because I've, I've recognized that guy mm. from many shows. I just, I don't know, man, I just think it's a bit lame. To buy a front row ticket, just be spending front row ticket money just so you can wear a t-shirt that says Cena sucks or Roman sucks. I'm like, ooh, you're cool. I'm in defense of that guy. That guy is cool. Because when (laughs) when you watch, because I I mentioned earlier, I watched the uh, Vince and Austin rivalry documentary at the weekend. And when people were yelling at McMahon from the crowd or when you showed shots, people believed it. And there was genuine anger and emotion there. I don't want, like, sort of, what's the word, meta, hipster reaction. The difference there is that you were meant to be booing Vince McMahon. 
and you were meant to hate Vince McMahon and you were meant to cheer Austin and the crowd responded in the way that the booking had kind of hoped that they would everyone was cheering Austin because he's a badass everyone's booing Vince because he's a dick boss um John Cena is your top baby face. He is wearing that T-shirt because he is once, and he's bought front row tickets to be like, look, I am a fan, and I do not like the way that you are put. You have cherry picked this guy to be the, and I do not agree with this. And my T-shirt Which is totally fair. That. I, I, okay, fine. I just think it's a bit lame to print up your own T-shirt and, and buy front row tickets because, like, who's laughing at the end of the day? Really, probably Vince when he cashes the check. What, what about uh, Swaft? If someone printed off their own Swaft T-shirt, but that's a bit different because they're doing that because it's it's a funny, stupid in joke from a, a a doofy wrestling show that two nerds do in a studio in Dagnum. What about Push Cesaro or stuff like that? Oh, like the Cesaro section signs. Yeah, or, like, or if they printed T-shirts. Well, the Cesaro section sign because they're like the story behind that was it was one guy who'd printed mm. out loads of them and then was handing them round. Oh yeah, but I'm not saying that. I'm saying if someone printed their own T-shirt, like. I, I think the problem you have is that it's with these specific top babyface pushes. Perhaps that's more like, rather like yeah, than... it's, it's, it just feels like it's the personification of the IWC. I, and that's what it is. And maybe I'm just, I, I think it's a bit lame because I don't like the IWC having this perception that we're all just a bunch of Roman haters when we're not. Because I, I, I happen to think he's great. So I just think he's badly booked. But that, but that's what the guy's booing. But he's not booing that though. Is he? he is booing Roman and thinks that Roman sucks because he's not Daniel Bryan or he's not Cesaro or no, no, he's it's... not AJ Styles. But and he isn't. Like no, he, he's, no, no. he's a good wrestler, but he's been. If Roman was presented really effectively and he was booked like yeah. how he should be booked, that guy wouldn't be wearing a Roman. Absolutely, no, he's not. So it is kind of a unconsciously or not, it is aimed at the booking. Either, maybe the attitude error isn't the best one, but what about no, the, were over then. the ECW one night stand shows? And that is just a, a, a Hammerstein ballroom full of those people who genuinely hate John Cena. But it was at the perfect time, and I still, to this day, argue it's the best booking that WWE have ever done, and everyone going into that match knew what they were going hmm. into, because John Cena worked that match as the heel, and worked up those fans, because that's why he's brilliant. That's why he's so good at what he does, because he went into that match knowing, like, I'm going to be the most hated man in this arena. And that's great, because I can really play up to that. And he did, and it riled the crowd up so much that mm. when Rob Van Dam did win the title, it was explosive. What a match that was. RVD is awesome. He's great. But John Cena was the man who really made that match. I'm not, yeah, but like saying John Cena's really good, which he is, is different to, you know, the company booking and that perception of him. Mm -hmm. So what... But those fans is what I'm saying. Okay, all right, it's it's those okay. fans I love. We are Okay, so we are going to probably agree to disagree on this one. Mm. I feel that this lad here with his Roman Sucks t-shirts for one night and then his Cena Sucks t-shirt for the other night is... It's a brand split. <laughs> he's the fan that everyone thought the IWC was 10 years ago when we were all on message boards just talking like, Cena sucks, this company's going to die with him on top. And it didn't, it just prospered and made loads of money. And it's just like, well, it, no, okay, here's the thing, because I was I listening to a podcast today that was talking about this, and it's something that I very much do agree with, which is that, yes, TV ratings are down, but TV ratings are just sort of one facet of a way to make money. And not only that, but they've made their money from TV up until 2020, which is when I think they're... I think it's 2019. 2019, okay. So they've already made that TV money until their deal expires in 2019. So the decline in TV ratings actually aren't a factor until it comes to renegotiating that TV deal. Um, 
there's a live events are dropping that's one thing if merchandise is dropping that's another thing live attendance isn't really dropping and neither is merchandise sales so the company is not failing with roman on top less people are watching like live event is dropping not by a huge amount like they're still they're still making a profit only when cena comes back though no, no, but okay, but the, like the the company, they just did their quarterly uh, finances. They're mm. not making as much profit as they would like, but they are still turning a profit. So they are prosperous. If you are a company that is turning profit, you're not failing. Yeah, but it's about how much money you're leaving on the table as well. Surely, WWE, they, they are making money. Yeah, okay, that's, that's great. Yeah, that, that's fine. So, but okay, we are arguing very different points here. I feel. Well, but it's just the guy wearing a Cena Sucks t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is that guy is the guy who's on message boards going like, this company will die with Cena on top. And he's been on top for 10 years. The company didn't die. And it's like, this company will die. This company is failing because Roman's being pushed. This company isn't failing because Roman's being pushed. Like, Could the booking be better? Absolutely. Would they be doing better if he was booked better? Absolutely. Would the company be doing better if AJ Styles was the lead guy? Probably, yeah. But like that's not where the company is at the moment. I just feel I just thought it was a bit lame. That's all I'm saying. And like I just, I think that guy's been lame for the last ten years. I uh I I admire your passion. Uh, I, admire, Cena sucks I admire, guy. I admire the passion. I just think it's a bit lame. To be it, doing it in twenty seventeen in particular. I d- we we disagree on this. I think yeah. it was a, an awesome show of fan dedication from a great crowd. Cheap pop. Great Come crowd. on, Canadians. Uh, can I tell you my favourite moment from this promo, though? Sure, sure. Um, and this is um, somewhere like the... Uh, and actually, it's going to be a, a slandering against John Cena, of all people, <laughs> who I was just overly praising. So, and this actually was going against like, the scripted nature of, of mm. things. So... He's putting over um, Shinsuke. He's putting over Nakamura being like, oh, I've never been in a ring anyone like him. He was absolutely brilliant. And I, and I lost the match. And the crowd started chanting, Nakamura. Mm. Nakamura. And he then said, I didn't know why you were cheering that, but I do now because those kicks hurt. I think in the script, they were expecting everyone to chant King of Strong Style. And that's why he would then say like, I didn't understand why you were chanting that, but yeah, those kicks really do hurt. Uh, but because the crowd chanted Nakamura, his follow-up line doesn't make any sense. But didn't he already say King of Strong Style in that promo, or did that come after? That came afterwards. Ah, because that was weird, because it's the artist. You don't say King of Strong Style on the main roster. No, but I think that they were weird. expecting the crowd to chant that, and they didn't. Mm. I just thought it, it just made me laugh, because the line didn't make any sense after I expected that. them to cheer a uh, guy from... Uh, to cheer Jason Jordan. They were, all, they were probably either. expecting people to boo Jinder Mahal as well, but look how that turned out. So Baron Corbin came out. His bad new music as well. Yeah, why are they? That, he had a good entrance as well with, with the yeah, what, the end of days stuff on the Titan truck. His old entrance music. It, it, feels, wasn't, it wasn't great or anything, but WWE seemed to be all about making minor but detrimental changes <laughs> to people's entrances right now. Uh, or, or apart from Kevin Owens, who we'll come on to in yeah. a bit. Uh, And then uh, they had a bit of back and forth Another bit of scene of improvisation He saw a sign in the crowd And said you're just a skinny fat dumpster fire So great And I thought god that's awfully specific (laughs) And and then he went Like they showed the sign in the crowd I thought oh he he read read it off a sign Okay that makes more sense Dumpster fire what an amazing chart I hope that catches on for him yeah, because nothing else fire. is for Corbin. <laughs> um, the and, and then Daniel Bryan came out and said, you two facing each other at SummerSlam. 
Oh, God, it's more matches at SummerSlam. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine today about this. We were talking about how the um, uh, the, the Randy versus Rusev match is going to be... I mean, that's a piss-break match if ever there was one. Mm. That's going to be a really dragged match, even if it's only eight minutes. But I can't see Cena versus Corbin being any better. Because, I mean, let's, let's be honest, Corbin has had Nakamura's worst match ever. Mm. And, you know, takes two to tango. Next up, we had the Usos beating Ty Dillinger and Sami Zayn very quickly. Ty and Sami, of course, are from Canada and have apparently been teaming on house shows as of late. Yeah. Oddly, because um, they got the reaction, they used a Bizarro World reference. Mm. They said Bizarro World here for Ty and Sami. I was like, it's, I mean, they're the baby faces. Surely they're meant to be <laughs> yeah, cheated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just this this whole uh, losing your hometown thing. Was... Oh, mate was just ridiculous this week. Yeah. Because if you, like... Not even in their hometowns, it's their home country. Yeah, sometimes I can see you wanting to get heat on the heel, like having a baby face lose in their hometown because of a dastardly heel trick. The crowd are going to boo the heel more. Fair enough. But I think, in general, you'd want the baby face to win because the baby face is going to be the guy who makes you the more money. And if you have the babyface getting these extremely positive reactions in their hometown places, then that might influence the people who go to show see the show next week to cheer even louder too. Heat transference. Yeah, heat transference. I I, I don't get it. Mm. Like it is, it's an old school trick of you know being the guy in their hometown because you can draw heat on the heel. It works when you do it once, but when you do it throughout the show and you do it. Every single time, with a couple of it's a couple of exceptions. Rich Swan. Every single time, then like crowds just start to get worn down. Yeah, and then they stop reacting to like their hometown guys. I I think it's a really really backward way of doing it. It's actually, from what I understand, that isn't the the accepted way to do it. In all the other territories, it would always be the babyface winning, uh, with a few exceptions, in their hometown because mm-hmm. that's how you get the biggest reaction but you but, but if but it's a WWE thing but, that beats the yeah, beats so you, them if you're a hometown guy and you always win then when you have that heel beat him then you get loads of heat then onto that heel so yeah. if you have your hometown guy winning loads in their hometown and then they get beaten by a heel say you know the sixth time you go to that town big reaction yeah but doesn't work that way but we're not yeah we don't want it to be predictable but we don't want it to be uh, but it is, yeah, heels, you don't, it is you don't want to be predictable. Yeah. It is predictable. Uh, yeah, so poor Ty and Sammy lost pretty quickly. But I suppose the Usos as well had to win because they're challenging for the tag team belt. So I was, I, I didn't mind Ty and Sammy losing really because they're not a team. The Usos mm. are a team, and they're going for the tag team championships. Fine, have them win. But you can have a competitive match. See Rusev Chad Gable last week. That's the other. That's the uh, other and you side can of the get coin. people over yeah. in defeat. This is how I was fan of the match. Just the, yeah, I, oh, thought, sorry. I thought the right team went over. New Day run out afterwards uh, with chairs. This was great from the New yeah. Day as well. A really aggressive side of them. When Kofi grabbed that chair, because Xavier s- slid it through the <laughs> ring too far, and like they were swinging it like madmen. I thought this is awesome. This was so yeah. good. That was really good. The Usos just escaped though, going from one um, tag team bit to another. You said well about how they're making these changes to entrances to the detriment of them. The Usos' new music is awesome. The Usos have got new music. Yeah, they, their, mu- their music has changed. It's kind of the same thing, but like they they like reference the Uso Penitentiary now. It starts oh, okay. with them going like Uso. It's so 
damn good. This is, cool. is great entrance music. I'll add it to the workout playlist. You should do. Uh, Fashion Peaks mm-hmm. was up next with wasn't as good as last week I thought but that's not saying it was bad in any way because it was still incredibly funny Tyler Breeze is there trying to figure out who's kidnapped uh, Fandango and the Ascension are just sitting there where, and there's a pie in between them mm-hmm. like we're just here for the pie uh, then what happens oh yeah Fandango just turns up yeah he's back yeah Dango is back thank god where have you been Oh, alien abduction. <laughs> well, I-, I could leave any time I wanted, he says to Breeze. And Breeze goes, well, why didn't you come back sooner? And Fandango says, because of the anal probes. I mean, wardrobe of clothes. <laughs> I That really it's made me laugh. so good. That was really Because funny. when was like a, that kind of joke yeah. made on WWE TV? Really made me chuckle. That was good. Yeah. And then the person behind beheading Tully the horse was finally revealed it was Arn Anderson. That bloody heel. Yeah. That bloody heel ripped off the head of a horse. You jerk. Because they should have named the horse after him. He was always the best Great horseman. Joke. Uh, but so I thought, oh, they've solved the Tully the Horse thing. What is there? To so-? and, and Fandango was, so we just kind of accept he was kidnapped by aliens. And then they said, ah, it looks like our work's just getting started. So I suppose those were just red herring subplots they still need to find who trashed it their office. It was the Minnesota Red Herrings. Mm. Um, I think we are, because you mentioned how SummerSlam is going to be long, and we have got a lot of matches on there. Uh, I think Meltzer was saying in the Observer last week that we're also going to have the reveal of who's been attacking um, the fashion police at SummerSlam. Mm. The day after NXT TakeOver 3. Mm. Ooh, Red Dragon. Uh, or sanity. Yeah, it won't be Red Dragon. <laughs> no, my kid, and they're being saved for a crappy Shield reunion storyline. Yes, I'm still bitter. <laughs> it wasn't crappy. It was winning. Charlotte beat Lana in a joke of a match. <laughs> Literally a joke of a match. Wasn't it just? What? I, can we give up on this Lana experiment now? Because it's going nowhere fast. Charlotte openly laughed yeah. at Lana in the ring, and then Lana, in a moment of slapstick comedy, accidentally pulled down Charlotte's tights. Oh, yeah. Also, boo you Canadians for then going, thank you, Lana. It's like, come on, guys, have some decor. Oh, that's a funny <laughs> chant. What have you got against the fans, man? I've got nothing against the fans. That I is thought, a funny chant. I thought that uh, Canada was awesome. I just think that we shouldn't just be saying things like that. I I think if, if, okay, would you be that, saying the same if it was a man's well, like, bottom? That, that's what I mean. Like if you'd have pulled down Randy Orton's pants, you would have been saying thank you, Jinder. I think that would have been quite funny. <laughs> that would have been funny. I just want everyone to get exploited equally. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Lana pulled down the tights. Uh, luckily for Charlotte, she was facing the hard cam. Yeah. So only the people that that Roman sucks guy. He got an eye. <laughs> he, he didn't need us. He, he got, got his prop- money's worth. He proper got an eyeful. Uh, so that it isn't uh, saved for everyone else to see, but yeah. that those guys certainly did. Uh, and and then weirdly backstage later on, Tamina yeah. came into the locker room and kind of said to Lana, "Well, now you're going to help me have a title shot." Yeah, I mean, this storyline's proper pants. Like you've got charisma and I've got the muscle, so how, we're going to be rubbish together. How? bad of an actor is Tamina she got the right lines this she's time. <laughs> okay there is that but she's bad because they also showed like a, a WWE.com exclusive from the week previous where mm. Lana said um, oh we're, we're quite similar only I'm better looking and I'm more charismatic 
or something like that. And Tamina's reactions were, I mean, they were laughably bad. Mm. And then she has to deliver dialogue this week, which was also bad. Lana's being held back by having to do it with a silly accent. This this was just bad, bad, bad. Not good at all. Yeah, and it's weird that you, you've got this storyline going on when Charlotte and Becky Lynch are storyline-less and they are two of your best wrestlers. Poor old Becky, mate. Where's, like, why? She wasn't on TV this week. She literally, she legit is, like, it's mm. it's her, actually, I mean, they've got four, really, because her, Charlotte, Naomi, and, and Natalia are, like, the four, four real work workhorses you would say on the the smackdown mm. roster and becky and charlotte have got nout going on they've got their tea thing whatever that is yeah they're There's... over online <laughs> <laughs> apparently uh they're gonna start calling it t generation x that's good <laughs> i mean i can't see that ever being used on telly i think it's unfortunately strictly a, a social media joke because yeah. why have stuff like that that gets over <laughs> you don't want anything getting over on tv keep it no. on the online exclusives Next up, we had a good, a pretty decent uh, promo between Shane McMahon, AJ Styles, and Kevin Owens. Loved this segment. Kevin Owens, finally without the Face of America gimmick entrance. Instantly better. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought this whole package, this whole segment was great. The, and Owens was facing an uphill struggle here because he was in front of a very passionate Canadian crowd. He is a Canadian. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to cheer him. How is he? It's cheap. It's a cheap trick. But how do you get Canadians to boo you? You make a joke about Bret Hart getting <laughs> screwed over in 1997. It was so funny as well because he's like, a McMahon screwed over a Canadian and he deserved it. Yeah, because he got a <laughs> so huge pop at first. And I was like, wow, are we watching a KO uh, yeah. face turn here? No. And then he delivered it. Uh, so good. Yes, that, that was, was a great, great line. I, I just I actually, as well, while I was watching this, um, in my head, I was like, uh, do you remember when you used to talk about how when you were watching a movie that you didn't like, you'd start booking a better version of yeah. that movie? You did it with Star Trek Into Darkness, quite I mean, famous. wrote a, a much better version. I wrote a better version of the movie. Well yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was doing that with this segment because I've not been into this feud because it's been all over the show, really. The plot is how bad the finishes are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then like the announcement of Shane, Shane O'Mac as referee, I'm like, mm, it's not, it's not, this is not a way to improve this storyline. Mm-hmm. So as like, they were kind of doing the segment, I was kind of booking something better in my head, which is like, well, okay, the, the great thing with guest referees is that they don't, they're don't they calling it down the line, but they could sway either way. That's like It's uh, Shawn Michaels in the uh, Triple H Undertaker Hell in a Cell. Sure. Whereas like, it, it was his pride... Was he? He wanted the Undertaker streak to end, but and he's the guy that retired him, and Triple H is his buddy. But does he want the streak to end, and does he want Triple H to be the guy to do it? Because that would mean mm. that Triple H is better than Brilliant. him. Brilliant. So good. So that's great. When you try, and uh, so I was like, oh, it'd be awesome here if like there was a bit of a scuffle, and Shane, well, if Shane was like really up in KO's face, just being like, I'm gonna try, I've got to try and call it down the line, but you're not making this easy for me. But then there's a bit of a kerfuffle, and Shane accidentally and and AJ accidentally knocks Shane out, and then Shane's like, "I think you did that on purpose. I don't think I can trust either of you now." And then would you, Adam and Eve? It that's what they did. And I was like, "Yes, finally! I'm actually more yeah. interested in this match now." It did like it was bad in the respect that they just pointed out all the reasons having Shane McMahon to officiate this match is a terrible idea yeah although like, Kevin I think Kevin Owens botched it as well because he said I've got footage of uh, Shane being a terrible referee at SummerSlam 
And it wasn't, it was at Survivor Series. Uh, well, yeah. they both say SS in. I make that mistake because to save time, I write SS in our fantasy booking. I do the same thing. And then yeah. I, I accidentally get it confused with yeah. the Nazi army. <laughs> and the, you had that bit. Keep stepping away. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so where were we? We had the Shane. Oh, yeah. So he's a bad. The reason he's a bad officiator for this match. But at the same time, I like you said, I haven't been invested in this feud and I finally warmed up to it. I was like, oh, actually, I kind of want to see this now. Yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be very fun. I'd have liked this. What I would have really liked at the end of it is more of a tete-a-tete between Shane and AJ following the, the Pele kick, mm. knocking Shane mm. out. Because you had KO up the ramp, chuckling away like the big bloody heel that he is, the big brilliant heel that he is, pointing and laughing and everything. I'd have liked to say, like, you know, AJ to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to help him up, and Shane just pushing his hand away. Yeah, I thought that would be a really nice way good. ending. Or as opposed to it, really ended with AJ just going like, "You better call it down the line." I was like, "You just yeah. kicked him in the face, mate." Yeah, and they brought up like AJ's heel to heel run against yeah. Shane. Almost forgot they had that mania match. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was a good you mean, segment. You mean the match where Shane nearly out wrestled AJ Styles? Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh, so, so next up we had Carmella beating Naomi yep. the Money in the Bank holder actually the, I think the only time a Money in the Bank holder is going to win a match is it's in a non-title match <laughs> yeah. against the champion yeah. uh, so Naomi lost but it was all because of a returning James Ellsworth you know what's really weird so she's been wearing uh, she, she, who's she the cat's mother Carmella has been wearing this t-shirt that says free James or free Ellsworth something with a picture of his face on it and I was suddenly looking at this t-shirt and I, I sort of put down here it was like free Ellsworth shouldn't this been like when AJ ban- or AJ when Daniel Bryan banned him from being on Smackdown Live shouldn't have that led to some really funny skits mm. of, of James Ellsworth trying to sneak into the building and being scuppered at every opportunity yeah. and I suddenly thought I was like what where have those skits been? And then Ellsworth showed up, and I was like, oh, well, maybe they're going to start them now. And then uh, Tom Phillips goes like, the 30-day suspension was up last yeah. week. I was like, oh. So it led to nothing. Brilliant. Excellent. I'm so glad we took the time out to, to ban him for 30 days to lead to nothing. Mm. It, it got a big pop, because I think everyone forgot about the time frame of the 30 days. But yeah, we said at the time when he got suspended, oh, at least that they can hopefully do some do skits. Some, do some great stuff. They're a good act. Yeah. Carmella and... It reminded me actually of, they did this in TNA once. It was um, <coughs> during the, 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 the dark days when Hogan and Bischoff were kind of running the mm-hmm. place and, and Russo was was doing, there was head creation. Dream team. <laughs> and what a team it is. And they had a feud between uh, Abyss and Nigel McGuinness as Desmond Wolf. And Desmond Wolf had a valet, Chelsea, I yes, think her name yeah. was. Yeah. No connection between the two of them. Really, really bad. Not a great feud. But they did this match where if Abyss won, he won Chelsea for 30 days. Creepy. All, always good to have a woman as a trophy that mm. you can win and trade back and forth. Not good at all. Is and- it worse that there's a time period? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, Abyss won, and then they never followed it up. Probably and they, for the best. They, but okay, but you could have done any form of wacky skip. Mm. Considering that Abyss was the baby face as well, you could have done anything, and they didn't. And then just like 30 days later... She was just back with Desmond Wolf. <laughs> what was the point? Yeah. Although, uh, I suppose it's better than when um, uh, X Park beat Kane and he won uh, Tory for uh, the Christmas period. 
Nice. <laughs> what a weird Bring her sto- home. What a weird storyline that was. So I want, I've just, as we were talking about that, I, I glanced at your notes for the the main event. Yeah. And I would like to, I would like you to take this on, but maybe don't use all the swear words. <laughs> <laughs> I have written quite a few F-bombs. I like these. you. I like you having notes. Yeah. I can sort of see what you're going to say. <laughs> Preempt my arguments. Well, okay. So we had the main event. The, the I, When they announced this main event, I did an eye roll mm. and did a groan because you could see where this was going. Randy Orton took on Jinder Mahal in a non-title match in the main event. Jinder's from Canada. Clearly, he's going to lose. Also, Randy's lost to him three times. He's not going to lose to him for a fourth. 50-50 booking. And I was like, oh, God, I'm not going to be happy with this because this is just this is a ridiculous match to book. It's stupid and it damages everyone. And lo and bloody behold, they went and did it. And they kept putting over as well as that Jinder's without the Singh brothers. Mm. How is he going to manage now? He's going against the Viper. Great. Okay, so cool. Well, now we know that Jinder is nowhere near as good as Randy Orton. Glad we know that now. That's awesome. Yep, Randy just pinned him clean as an effing sheet in the middle of the ring. One, two, three. So brilliant. Let's just pin your champion. If you want Randy to win, why isn't he champion? Just put the belt on him. Because that's not good either. Okay, well, <laughs> I know that's not great either. But clearly they're like, do you know what? Randy's so awesome. If if you could build a wrestler up from the ground up, you'd mm. beat Randy Orton. Then put the belt on him. If you love him so much, just put the belt on him. Why is Jinder champion? If you think Randy's better, just put the belt on him. Oh, we've got to appeal to the Indian market. Then don't pin him. Don't beat the champion. Have him win. Have him look strong. Make him a hero to the mm. Indian people. This was backward beyond all belief it was so damaging okay so it's damaging to Jinder because he's champion and he got pinned by someone who's not even gunning for his belt that's stupid utterly ridiculous it's his first TV loss since winning the belt as well and a pointless throwaway match good job you so now Jinder looks like a complete chump two weeks before SummerSlam awesome then you got Randy how damaging is this to the Randy Orton character so Randy Orton screwed out of the title three different times and then after he lost the Punjabi prison match where he was once again screwed out the belt, his reaction, his revenge was to handpick Rusev as his opponent for SummerSlam. Cool. That's not a great character development at all or storytelling for that matter. So then you got this week where they're like, Randy Orton's going to extract his revenge on Jinder by what? Not winning the title. He's just proven that he can beat him clean as a sheet without the Singh brothers there. Why isn't he going for the championship? Oh no, he's going to face Rusev at SummerSlam. That's stupid. This is stupid for his character. Damaging to Jinder, damaging to Randy, damaging to the championship, damaging to the main event of SummerSlam. Good job. Thumbs up. Well done. It was basically what I wrote in my notes, but there were more F-bombs in there. Uh, I don't know what I can add to that. You put it so eloquently. It was a glorified um, squash match, no less. That was the other thing I forgot to mention as well. Mm. And they kept saying in the commentary, Jinder's had no offense in this match. Jinder's got nothing. He's had absolutely mm. nothing in this match. Just made him look like a complete chump. Yeah. <sighs> uh, are you okay? Yeah, I'm you, fine. You, no, I'm fine. No, I don't really mind, though. <laughs> it's just resting, it's just resting though, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just going to wear a t-shirt in the next thing that says Randy sucks. So, um, uh, yeah, I agree with, with the majority of your points. I did like the majority. The, yeah, well, I, I enjoyed the, uh, the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did enjoy the atmosphere of the match. I thought they, it wasn't a squash match. I thought it was quite competitive. In I parts. said it was a glorified It was squash. intense. It was an intense match. But I felt. It's a glorified squash when your opponent doesn't get any offense in. Yeah. Or gets barely any offense in. Um, to play devil's advocate, 
I can kind of see what I, I would have preferred Jinder to win. And you're like, holy moly, he is the real deal. And he's going against Nakamura. Wouldn't that be a great thing? That would be nice. But I guess from a character perspective, there is another way you can take it. I don't agree with it, but just to play devil's advocate. And that is because he doesn't have the Singh brothers. He's always been an unworthy champion. And when he has to... Well, when he doesn't have the backup, he loses. So he is an unworthy champion. So he's an unworthy champion. It's a it's a he, it's a way of booking a heel but champion. It's not a good way of booking a heel champion. Unworthy it champion. It can work. Unworthy champions. Name me an unworthy champion that got over. I don't. I can give you one. Rey Mysterio. Oh, oh no, Miz. no, no! I tell a lie. No, Miz didn't get over either. Actually, but, Miz uh, as, as an intercontinental champion, he is. Oh, that's fine. That's a, that's a mid-title belt. Mm. But when he was WWE champion, like man, he got over like a fart in a church. Mm. He wasn't. He was so under. It was unbelievable. Made worse by the fact they turned him into the third wheel in the Rock yeah. Cena feud, which just made him look like even more of a chump. John Miz is one of the few people to successfully defend the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, and look where that got him. In in a never-ending feud with Jason uh, with the uh, Dean Ambrose, and now he's facing the uh, Jason Jordan. Got him absolutely nowhere. Uh, Rey Mysterio, when Reg won the World Heavyweight Championship, do you know what they did? They just beat him like a dog every single week. And do you know what? His title reign just did not get over because they everyone saw him as an unworthy champion. Mm. Unworthy champions do not get over. If you're trying to appeal to the India market, don't have him look like a complete chump to 1.3 billion people. Those 1.3 billion people, by the way, who aren't buying the network. So I'm curious where this one goes, actually. Raw versus SmackDown, which one was better? I'm going to say mine first, because I'm more curious about yours. Because I think overall, SmackDown, you seem to... You hated both finishes, but I'm pretty (laughs) confident you hated SmackDown's more. But Mm -hmm. I don't know where you stand in in the shows overall. So I enjoyed Raw more. Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, to be honest, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to pick Raw. I... I thought both were like average shows with with finishes, but like the ending of SmackDown just made me so mad. Mm. Just really got my ire up this morning. I had another cup of tea afterwards. Just I to was, calm yourself just, down. I was so angry yeah. because I just think that I just don't understand destructive booking, and that to me was destructive booking. I got really really angry. So, despite the fact that like SmackDown was a, a pretty much a, a a meaningless show anyway because there was nothing really coming out of it aside Ellsworth from, returned aside, aside from the fact that Ellsworth returned and you had <sighs> a really good you had the first decent segment between AJ and Owens that made me intrigued in their match but aside from that there wasn't really anything on the show oh we didn't talk about the Nakamura um, backstage oh yeah because like, I, I there's nothing in it nothing in it like I, I can't wait for that match now the fact that mm. neither of them are in- interactive <laughs> brilliant great booking there for the WWE Championship match but uh, Raw had the really good Dean match, really good Dean Cesaro really match, really good, and I love the Dean Seth storyline, and that's driving. And you had the awesome Brock opening, so I'm going Raw this week because there was nothing on that show that made me have another cup of tea in hatred. And the main event uh, did have its moments, did have its Ma- moments. many moments. I thought it was the weakest of their brawls, but I really, really enjoyed it because Roman and Braun hitting each other with various objects is always fun to watch. Well, that's all we've got time for today. I am. I don't know why I say that's all we've got time for today because we obviously have no limit on these shows. (laughs) This is 90 minutes. It's the new longest one ever. Well, that was a fun show, wasn't it? Wasn't it just? I I, I mean, I am sweating. Just just sweating so much. Yeah, because of the disagreements. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hot in here anyway, but... Yeah, I just feel clammy. I think I smell a little bit. I'm sorry. We've got backstage heat right now. <laughs> but it is of the the actual physical, literal that's version. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was this. I mean, that, that was the longest one we've done so far. 
this is the first time we've done the audio only intro and outro i hope people like them it was luke's idea thank you very much. well i mean Can't i don't want to take credit yeah i mean I, we, we want to turn this into a proper podcast format mm. as opposed to just ripping the audio from the, uh, the video version and just saving that because we're coming for you bruce <laughs> yeah, we so. still will uh we still will definitely make loads of visual references yeah oh absolutely yeah, yeah. there'll be there'll be plenty of visual references in the show because it is a if you are curious if you have found this as a podcast mm. and you're curious as to why things seem a bit visual and you want to see us in living color you can go over to youtube.com forward slash wrestle talk and find us there and you'll find the wrestle ramble in all of its good glorious color format and definitely subscribe on whatever podcast provider you use and uh, we're going to leave you with some more iTunes reviews in hope that you will write your own five-star iTunes reviews, which helps us out on the podcast. So, And if you do, we will give you a cheap pop. Yeah. Oh, what a reward. Not only will we read your name out, we will also give you a cheap pop. So for Gennaro27 at the start, who we read out in the intro. Woo! Hey, yeah! Woo, woo, yeah woo, woo. Come on! Yeah! Was, that was upbeat. I like that. And uh, next up from Amar Hussein, he says, Wrestle Ramble is one of my favourite podcasts, consistently putting out great content, contrary to what they actually review. That's a bit of shade at WWE I right think it there. it was, yeah. Just a great time with two guys who make you feel like you're talking with them. Yeah, thanks. Woo! Uh, woo! Yeah, woo! Yeah, woo! Yeah, woo! Woo! Kotak writes, I love Wrestle Talk. Uh, woo! Woo! Yeah, woo! Yeah, yeah, woo! woo! Great, succinct review. Three words. Yeah. That's all he needed. Well, it depends if you put a space between wrestle and talk. Yeah. I, I think it's one word. Like Road Dog incorrectly claims Road Dog is one word. <laughs> he could also, I mean, he could have made that even sm- uh, shorter by just putting like a, a the, the heart emoticon mm. of just doing the uh, open bracket sure. with a three. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if you can do full on emojis in iTunes. I do not think you can. I don't know. Cool. So that's all we've got time for. So yeah, to, to write the write the iTunes review. Do it now. Yeah, and subscribe. We'll see you next week. I'll see you on the next show. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March thirty first to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 